Hey guys, welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, mate. Weekly catch up. It's here already. It's happening again. Happening again. quick, mate. Week by week, it's all I happening. Say there's tons happening, but it's just not the case this week. No, a lot of sideways action. Let's dive into it, I guess. Got some pretty key news, I guess, items. I think that's sort of playing into what's happening in, in the markets right now. Might be driving, driving a bit of uncertainty, not sort of driving too much positive sentiment. But, you know, we've got some news around Matt Gox and what's happening with that one. I know we've covered that in the past, but there is a finite date to that one. Uh, big news from a major bank in the States, Silvergate. So, sort of cover how that impacts the markets and what's happening there. In a more, I guess, positive light, Ethereum's launched their new uh, improvement to their network, um, the new sort of mass adoption piece that they're driving for. So, we'll cover that and what it means to the everyday person. And as always, we'll have some off the cuffers just to spice things up. But drive right into it, Tommy. What do we think in markets-wise? You sort of said they're yeah. pretty uneventful, right? Yeah, I mean, apart from what we've seen last Friday, we've seen a kind of a sharp breakdown in the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum. They both dropped 5 and 6% kind of respectively in the space of <laughs> about 20 minutes. Yeah, it's quick. Yeah, so it, it was really, if you look on the chart, it's a really sharp wick down, mm-hmm. like straight and long, beauty, beautiful red red one. Yep. So I mean that you know obviously some long liquidations were were uh yeah, I had were look. taken into account there. And it was the second largest one we've had in recent time. Yeah. Sixty five yeah. mil US. Yeah. yeah. Liquidated. Yeah. yeah. So I mean we've been talking about it for a while. Market's been quite undecided. Mm. We've seen a kind of very temporary break up over twenty four K for Bitcoin. Yep in the last couple of weeks, but it just hasn't been able to sustain or hold above that 24 level. So I guess this was the move potentially that people were waiting for the market to kind of make that decision. Since then, it's been, yeah, like I said at the start, it's been so boring. Like the <laughs> the market's just going sideways. Pretty much everything is in really tight ranges, Bitcoin, Ethereum kind of especially. Yep. And just not, again, not making a decision. This, you know, it's, it's not the best environment for people trading, whether you're a leverage trader, margin trader, or even just holding on to your assets or, you know, a hodler. So it's not really the best trading environment at the moment. But um, yeah. I mean, we get this. When I think about bear markets... I think about sideways markets. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, a lot of people just think, oh, it's down, down, everything's going down kind of thing, right? Yep. With bear market. For me, it's it's about sideways kind of chop and and um, this kind of really uneventful ranging of prices because that's really when the volume drops off a cliff and people just are not interested in getting involved. So mm. yeah, that's the big one for me. I think people are ready now for some volatility to return, whether we see that or not. I know you're going to cover it in a minute, but like there's a couple of pretty key news items on the horizon, which is which is pretty cool. Yep. And yeah, here in Australia, the RBA are meeting today to decide on the new cash rate, which I think a lot of, uh, you know, everyone's expecting kind of 25 basis points seems to be kind of what people are pricing in at the, at the moment. By the time the episode's released, we'll know what that is. But um, I guess we're expecting kind of, you know, more stress on homeowners, people that have mortgages. And it's a good chance to, you know, the big banks are going to pass on those, those rate increases. What are you seeing yourself, mate? I know you've got a few things there. Hot topic. Yeah, bit, bit to go through. I mean, it is sideways, but there's, this is huge. Like for me, like I think we're kind of on, on the precipice of knowing what's going down, I guess you could say. There's a couple of things coming out to play. So this is the first big week of big news week uh, in the crypto space. It doesn't happen very often, but they've got the Jerome Powell, the US Treasury testifying basically to a Senate committee that's basically a pre-planned statement, but also some Q&A. So what that will drive is uncertainty. We don't know what's going to be brought up, what questions he'll be grilled on by the Senate committee. And then that might drive some volatility in the market. So again, bit of a meme, but yeah. but this is what people respond to, just the tone that the, the Fed's got, I guess. It seems like yeah. the SEC, for the first time in a long time, yeah. 
are kind of being put under some pressure yeah, by definitely. the Senate, yeah. which is, you know, they've kind of been left to their own devices and we've mm. all seen what, you know, Gary Gensler yeah. has been coming out with. Um, you have the SEC now, like I said, for the first time, mm. being kind of questioned on certain decisions that they've made or certain enforcement actions that they've been pushing forward. So, yep. yeah, I guess it, it is interesting to see and it is, again, it's going to drive some more uncertainty, like you said. Well, that's it. And, you know, uncertainty is just those things. Like, it's not like it's pegging in a price. It's more people are taking measurable risk off the table. And, I mean, this is, we're talking, I guess, more of the smarter money. Um, yeah. People like myself and yourself will probably get chopped up in between. Easy. Uh, easy. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, again, and this podcast will release by the time all this sort of plays out, but we'll start the first, you know, part of that gauntlet leg with that te- uh, that testimony that JP will put out. Uh, we'll see what has, that has. Uh, we talked about the DXY last week, so the US dollar index, that has since then moved down and sideways as well. So again, everything just basically teetering. So that one, just to cover it off again, if it goes up, crypto generally goes down. Generally speaking, we if it goes down. We expected up. it because it was making all new, new all-time highs over yeah. the last couple of weeks. We expected that it was going to move down, which it did. Now, crypto moved down <laughs> in parallel with it, which What's is kind of not what, what generally happens. No, and they're both kind of more than anything just tracking sideways. So we'll just have one last to keep an eye on. Um, but, you know, other news pieces that will be coming out the following week and the week after, we've got, you know, consumer price indexing coming out. We've got unemployment stats, retail stats, FOMC, so the next rate of interest rate hikes in the US. So it's pretty huge. Really, it's the biggest one we've had for the year. So it'll kind of set the tone for how aggressive all the monetary policy will be. And so real boring it might be, unfortunately, but unfortunately it is what is driving people's hopes and dreams and what the markets will do. Yeah, it's very macro. It's been been very macro actually for a while Mm. in the industry, to be honest. But I did hear somewhere back to the Australian Mm. rate rises, I did read somewhere this morning that they're pricing 4.1% as being kind of the target top range for the rates, which... I don't know how to take that. Like, I mean, I, it means we're in for a couple of more rates, I guess, over the rest of this year. Yeah. But it also means, you know, a lot of people were saying we're going to go into the fives. So mm. potentially that's, you know, that's a bit more more of a bullish range. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, mate. But we'll see what happens there. But like, yeah, it's it's exciting when I still to watch. So I'd say if anyone's been sort of sitting on the sidelines because they've missed previous opportunities or they're just disinterested right now, like it is, you know, it is probably a good time to at least start keeping an eye on things again in some way, shape or form, even if it is on crypto Twitter. I was I was talking to someone on the weekend and they were, you know, they were saying, you know, uh, what's happening with crypto? I was saying it's kind of back in the news again. I was yep. just, you're not going to... It's back on the footy again. Back on the footy again. That's right. <laughs> it's right. Oh, lo- you love to see it, Matt. You, oh, you love did. to see it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people just, a couple of people are asking me about, you know, what's happening in the markets and kind of the feedback is always, oh, well, if it gets back down to X price, mm-hmm. you know, like when Bitcoin's at 15K, everyone's like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's too high. 10K, it's yeah. too high. Yeah. It's kind of this whole meme of, you know, yeah. I'll buy it when it hits yeah. whatever price. So, I mean, at least people are asking questions again, which is kind of my sentiment read, yeah. which is which is quite interesting. So, mm. you know, we obviously seen a, a pretty strong V-shape recovery between, you know, the start of the year and, and kind of now. So good, yeah. this is the first kind of couple of weeks of cool off that we've seen. That's so. it. Like everyone's quick to judge, right? Exactly that, right? We've had yeah. a, almost two months of things going vertical. And- yeah. Oh no, we've got to go sideways for a bit, Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I just hate sideways. Anything sideways for me, I'm just not about it. <laughs> yeah. Matt, market movers, what have we got? Yeah, I mean, you see that AGIX for the first time in a few weeks is not in it. our top movers. Doesn't make the weekly cut. Yeah, he's dead. No one likes it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a few, maybe just, I guess the the themes I'm seeing there is like infrastructure and DeFi. There's nothing really to put a pin on other than there might be just some swing traders playing off some levels. The one thing we do always talk about when Bitcoin does go sideways does open up the opportunity of some of these altcoins that are lower cap to 
basically have a bit of funds and market cap flow through them. So, you know, if you look through the list, you're seeing things that are like 200 plus market cap in terms of ranking. So, you know, you always got to be cautious with these things. But, you know, one of the top movers I can see being measurable data token. I did a bit of research into that one. Basically, partnering with quite a few players to look to, it's all in the name, but basically measure endpoints and what AI is doing. And they've, they've connected with a couple of uh, industry partners in China mainland, I believe, or maybe it is just Hong Kong, but basically providing insights and metrics into things like food and supply chain movements and things like that. So again, whether or not that's been a catalyst at all, that's, that's all I could really find on that one. Um, We've talked about Maker, like that's making the list as well. Uh Um, Let's just, again, because it's a bit of stable coin FUD, so Maker is backed by DAI, so there's more people buying DAI. It improves the the price of Maker, so that could be one. Um, And we're seeing Synthetics token on the list too, so just do derivative tokens as well. So, and you know, nothing really special to call out, but they're, you know, we're seeing gains from anywhere from 20 to 100% on that list, so pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Matt, digging into the first news item, we've, we've covered this a few times. I would say 10 times we've covered this story. Yeah, and every close. time we cover it, we say very, very soon, there's going to be an outcome around Mt. Gox yeah. and the unlocking of all this Bitcoin. Yep. 142,000 Bitcoin that needs to be essentially going to be replaced or you know, handed back to creditors of, of Mt. Gox. And that is on today's prices, 3 billion worth of Bitcoin. So, yep. you know, fair bit. Yeah. I think just under 1% of the total market cap yep. of, of Bitcoin at current prices. For anyone that doesn't know Mt. Gox, I actually had an account with Mt. Gox. Did you really? I, I think did. you might have said I that. I did. I didn't get anything locked up in it, very thankfully. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to hold on to it, <laughs> to ride up the good prices. But anyway, yeah. it, it was a Japanese crypto exchange back in the 2012, 13, 14 season of crypto. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, essentially it handled 70% of all Bitcoin trading at its peak, which yep. is, you know, back then obviously it was a lot less, the prices were a lot less, but it's still, it was the main player. There was a lot of brokers running, you know, orders and deals through like some Mt. Gox. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about BitInstant the other day, like uh, one of the first ever crypto brokers that was based out of New York. They used to just flood Mt. Gox with volume at that at that time. Connection with the Winklevoss twins, we might dig into that another time, but yep. essentially customers' funds got got hacked back in 2013, I think it was, uh, end of 2013, 14, and they were forced to file for bankruptcy. So, yeah, I mean, this is, the reason this one is a big one is that I guess a lot of people are speculating on what's going to happen to this 142,000 mm. Bitcoin that are going to come back on the market. I seen a, a meme today. It was like... The, the blue pill, red pill? Yeah, the yeah, blue pill, the red pill. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was like, <laughs> the um, take the red pill, it's like, you know, yeah sell all of your Bitcoin back into the market because, you know, at the time it was locked up, it was worth a thousand bucks or something like that. So you've, you've essentially what, 20 X your money. Yep. And then the, you know, the, <laughs> the blue pill is that you, uh, you know, well, I'm already sh- knees deep in this shit anyway. <laughs> keep going. I've, I've, I've held it for, I've held it for that long. Yeah. I'm just going to hold it for a bit longer. And, yeah. you know, we have seen a, you know, quite a, a sharp decline in the prices of the overall cryptocurrency market and the market cap and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's probably going to be people in boat buckets or yeah, um, swallowing, right. swallowing a pill from both sides. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, what would you do? I mean, I think we talked about this the last time. We were like, what would you actually do if you're one of these affected Mt. Gox people? Like, yeah, it's a tough one. You'd think the average person would still want to take something out just yeah. for... Yeah. So they could buy themselves something nice. I think if you do a 20X, yeah. considering all, like, <laughs> this is trauma. 
Yes, I, imagine true. the trauma <laughs> you have gone through over eight years. You're like, holy shit, you're watching Bitcoin hit prices like, you know, 60, 70K US. You're like, yeah. This is, you know, obviously life-changing money for a Or it's people. the best long-term deposit you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You won't get that from the big banks. Can tell you. But it's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm probably the same as yourself. I, like, yeah. you'd imagine some people will take a little bit out and then also just leave some to ride as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I would do, you know. Not going to talk about percentages, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting story and it's one that, you know, I'd love to see kind of, I guess, us to clear the decks on that one and say, all right, Mount Gox is done now. We've kind of got a clear run on the Bitcoin supply kind of question that goes around. So So it'll kind of be answered, right? Pretty quickly. That's it, man. And uh, you have one on Silvergate, Silvergate Bank in the US. Yeah. What's going on there? Again, might be sounding a bit dry, but this is quite a big one. You know, it's a crypto-friendly bank. They're kind of responsible for getting a lot of the projects that have been established for quite some time now up and running. Uh, Coinbase, massive exchange too. Like that's their primary onboarding fiat provider. Other players, USDC, Tether. Um, there's probably a whole bunch more. Binance US. Um, formerly the well-known FTX. Like they worked with Silvergate and that's honestly been the problem. Uh, they've basically told investors that they need to delay filing of its annual reports. You know, they've reported Q4 losses of $1 billion. You know, it, it's a pretty big impact that this would have. You know, the stock price plummeted just on the back of all of this. But, you know, basically after what happened with FTX and Celsius, you know, there's not too many banking providers outside of Silvergate that yeah. are keen to take it's on limited. these projects, right? So, like, the key concern there is, like, well, if, if not Silvergate, who had a monopoly on it, there's no one... Yeah. So far, has put their hand up. I, I heard that BCB Group out of right. Europe, maybe the UK, had their CEO had came out and said that they are, you know, building for Q, into Q two to fill to try and fill that gap yeah, nice. for some companies. So there will yeah. be there will be, I guess, you know, it opens up massive opportunity for well, other, totally. other I mean, players, right? You know, yeah, it seems pretty in line with even just the um, the government there, right? Like yeah, that's pushing right. Pushing for all, all this sure. regulation as well, yeah, whereas yeah. the US is still too busy. Throwing eggs at people, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. I mean, it's interesting to see they're you know revealing a one billion loss. I remember they were kind it's of huge. shouting from the rooftops about a profit in twenty one and twenty two that was less than a hundred mil, okay. which is like good profits. Yeah. But <laughs> when you look at a one, $1 billion, billion loss a year later, it's, it's kind of like yeah, it's, it's a big pothole. Yeah, it's a big pothole. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Like, it's just one that, unfortunately, we have to, again, wait to play out. But this could be quite big because, again, like, there may not be a solution in the interim for a couple of these guys that, you know, you know, who, who knows? Like, I'm sure there's a lot happening that none of us get to know or hear about. So, we just get to call it as we see it. But, like, that that's something quite big for the space right now in terms of uncertainty. Absolutely. Matt. But um, other than that, we can also jump into the Ethereum upgrades, the recent ones. So, yes. Tommy, take it away. Matt. This is pretty big for ETH holders. I think anyone, anyone in the industry, right? What's crypto a, advocates. Yeah, crypto advocates overall. Like one of the big problems we have with crypto and digital assets and the whole space for a long time is user experience. Mm-hmm. People are, you know, afraid to get involved. They think they're going to lose all their money by, you know, even just mismanagement of their own yep. wallets and things like that. Yep. So this upgrade, I guess, for me, I've kind of chalked it down as a, a really big mass adoption play, for, especially for Ethereum. Yep. Essentially, they just announced at ETH Denver, which is a big conference in the US, that they are applying a new upgrade to ERC, which is called ERC4337, which no one gives right, a, that one down. a damn about. But, yep. you know, this is, yep. this is it. Yes. Es- essentially, I'm going to be very... I'm going to break this down very slowly, but it essentially what it is, is a, a new feature that they're launching on the Ethereum blockchain called account abstraction. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of seen, I guess, as a key enhancement that could make it easier for users to recover crypto if you do lose your private keys. So in today's world, you lose your private keys. It's like, oh, tough look, Tommy, man. Good, yep. You had a good run, but you know the, the game's over kind of thing. Yep. And this is kind of, this is playing into uh, private keys on, on online wallets. So it's obviously not going to fit into your like ledger or something like that mm. but it is it is a kind of a new upgrade you know people use a lot of online wallets like metamask and things yeah. like that so that's where i think this will will come to light mm-hmm. the contract can be used on all evm chains you know meaning essentially it can be deployed anywhere that's evm compatible which is across, most of them yeah it's your own virtual machine essentially pav account Abstraction is a concept that turns users' wallets into smart contract accounts in order to make Ethereum wallets more user-friendly, like I mentioned. You know, the, the loss of crypto keys is a big, big problem in the industry. The upgrade also seen as a kind of a, a big milestone that Ethereum have been, they've been touting this for quite a while, like mm. probably two or three years. I know Vitalik had been talking about it at previous conferences. And the belief was that it was, you know, it was still pretty far away. Yep. And, you know, for them to actually deploy and release this, you know, as of, what do we, March 2023 yeah. means, you know, we, we we're potentially a couple of years ahead with this type of technology. So yep. for me as well, it's going to be what other projects follow or what other new innovative ideas and wallets and things are going to pop out of this. You know, it, it's a problem that we absolutely need to solve in yeah. the industry. So, you know, it's going to be quite interesting to see how it plays out. Again, I've mentioned, you know, MetaMask wallet, which hundreds of millions of people use. There's, there's always going to be that issue with private key ownership. It's the same thing. It's great to have your own bank or hold the old keys to your own bank vault. But um, that key management piece is, is really, really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess one of the other key features that is built into it is a um, social recovery system, which I thought was quite interesting. Basically, what it means is several users have the ability to return access to that account should someone lose their private keys. And account abstraction also allows users to create multi-sig wallets, which you know we've kind of talked about and probably covered across the security and wallets part, but essentially that gives a group of users as opposed to just one person, you know, access to sign a transaction and, and make sure that it's all kind of wholesome and legit, essentially. So yep. yeah, man, it's a bit of a big one. And, and I will, I'm pretty sure we'll cover this again later on. Like we yeah. definitely have to dig into it more. We need to do some testing ourselves across how it actually works so we can maybe break it down for some of the listeners as well. But um, yeah, I mean, these are the right types of features that these protocols are, are leaning into. Yeah, it's really good. And I think a good example of what sort of tech this will allow for is like right now, you know, you and your friends, you want to get involved in the crypto space, you want to do something, it's quite clunky. It's very ones and zeros. What this does is like allows you to like link up like, again, like what you're saying, like friends and stuff like that or family members. And let's say you want to go to a concert, the concert, you can buy a ticket, that's an NFT. So you can actually send like a request to each other to purchase this NFT and you both sort of preordain how much of the cost you're going to divide. You then both sign a transaction that says you want to purchase it, yeah. and then it returns an NFT to both your wallets. So you both got your digital, yeah. Sort of that, at the moment, it's all yeah. very solo, right? Yeah. You can, like I said, you can share the signing of a particular message or mm. a particular transaction. Yeah. But actually, deploying and distributing like that is just doesn't really exist today anywhere no. else. So. And the process now, like you need to account for gas fees, like there's that. It's all cumbersome. So processes like this actually, uh, you know, they occur within the smart contract in a way that doesn't require gas, which is, you know, again. Yeah, that's right. You know, everyone's complained about Ethereum gas fees, including myself, <laughs> even more recently. But again, it's it's uh, 
it's gone in the right direction. That's Correct. all we can say. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's cool. And yeah, for anyone who's really wants to jump into the technicals of this and see what it might be capable of, there's actually a project out there that, you know, hats off to Chris Justice. You're going to love this, mate. We used to come on the podcast a bit, but Radix, a project that's oh, been yeah. in development quite some time now. Like this is essentially the angle that they were going at that the user experience wasn't good enough. So we need to make it seamless. So this idea of almost like user accounts versus user wallets was kind of the angle they were going for. So it seems like, you know, Ethereum might have seen some urgency just based on that tech coming along quite quickly. There's obviously value there. It's a big piece in adoption at the end of the day. So it's going to be a really good one to see play out. And what's the new use cases, right? Like it's going to be open the door for stuff that we've we never don't, seen before. Yeah, we don't know yeah. what we don't know just yet with these things. It's Correct. Like- like the Apple methodology, you know, people don't know what they want until you give it to them, yeah, right? <laughs> which is which is actually yeah, you know rings true. true quite a quite a bit. Scary true. Mate, what's off the cuff? You're not you're not even wearing a long sleeve t shirt with a cuff today. Oh. I've got a short on with a cuff, but you don't. But there what's off is. your cuff, mate? Oh, what's off the cuff? Uh, <laughs> NFTs. Uh, we mention them every now and then, but February is actually one of the biggest months for NFTs. We saw more than two billion dollars in trading volumes across Boom. NFTs outright. So that's the biggest month that we've had since May 2022. Uh, May 2022, there was also the biggest plunge in the markets yeah. as well. So, you know, read into that what you will. But essentially, you know, we're seeing that sort of action where we are currently in the market, you know, be that bullish or bearish, basically still is showing that there's values seen in NFTs to still be trading them. So that's a big one. And also on the NFT front, Amazon, they've made some statements that they're looking into NFTs basically in a way that customers can purchase, you know, NFTs in the future to real linked world assets, which then get get delivered to users as well. So still early days, still very much groundwork being done, nothing concrete. Uh, a couple of sources have cited that they're still looking at potentially building their own blockchain, but there's no clarity on if they're potentially going to fork on mm-hmm. something that already exists. But the idea is that there's an opportunity there that they're sort of trying to uh, take advantage of at the moment. So pretty cool one. Yeah, That is cool. That's cool. I had uh, Kraken. Kraken are moving ahead with plans to launch their own bank. Yeah. And apparently the feedback is that they are, you know, very much on track, kind of despite everything that we've seen in the market over mm. the last few weeks and months. Yep. Also the, I guess, investigation that they're happening around their staking and earn program. Like they were kind of, you yeah. know, in the headlines there for a while. But yep. apparently the the bank is it's still on track. And uh, initially they're gonna plan they're planning to roll out services to existing clients in the US okay. kind of before going internationally with it. But it, I think Kraken has always been seen as that I think they had like a banking license in Wyoming, I believe, where they were oh, right. they were already they're already kind of licensed. But okay. yeah, rolling that out to the US, obviously every state has a different you know, yeah. law that they need to abide by. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. And, you know, crypto and, and banks is, is something, it's, you know, it's a sore point. You covered Silvergate. Or yeah, I mean, Silvergate, you know, this before, is so. pretty timely, right? It is. And yeah. it is it is quite a sensitive issue for, I imagine, for regulators as well. So it is interesting to see that, you know, people could expect Kraken just to say, hey, yes, we want to do a bank, but we've parked it at the moment. But yep. the feedback is that they're actually, you know, continuing to move ahead with it, which is pretty cool. That's big. Yeah, good on them. I also seen this is probably one for people to follow up on themselves if they're interested. But Joe Rogan and Russell Brand were chatting about Bitcoin yeah, okay. on a recent podcast. Yeah, nice. I didn't actually listen to it yet. So I just, I've just, uh, I just heard some snippets this morning. But I would, I'm gonna listen to it on the way home in the car today. Yeah, and, me too. And cool. see, see what happens. But uh, yeah, for people that are, any Joe Rogan fans out there, um, yeah, check it out and see what they're talking about there. Russell Brand's pretty outlandish character, so it'd be interesting to see what his take is. No, that's good. And, you know, if in doubt, you don't want to do that, just watch something else. Watch some Simpsons. Watch some Family Guy. Oh, We've been chatting it up yeah, about it yeah, lately. No. <laughs> Laughing my ass off this morning. 
Simpsons and Family Guy cost it. Like, you just cannot get away with that shit anymore on TV. No. And which is sad, but it's also like, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. I mean, it's a diminishing group of people that you can talk to about Simpsons quotes. Yeah, that's right. It's quite depressing. Yeah. Half the people on this podcast hate that we're talking about this. You can't even mention half the jokes anymore. You can't like send the little snips on to people because it's like, yeah, it's it, it can be quite offensive, yes. I guess, for for people. But you know, that's their problem. It's your flavor. <laughs> uh, what do we got? We got some AMAs as well, just to yeah. wrap up the show. So, Tommy, what's been your top performing crypto investment ever? Oof, that's a biggie. Well, in terms of percentage gains, the top ever, it'd be a fight out between Matic and Polkadot. Yeah, nice. That would be that would be the two. You too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I talk a lot about proof of stake, yep. and you know, essentially, Put the passive your mouth is. Pa- yeah, the passive income. I guess the passive income play that that proof of stake does yep. allow for as well for a lot of people. And Matic is one that I got in, got involved in pretty early. Um, you know, I was pretty pretty lucky to get on that. I think it was 2018, 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Polkadot, pretty much the same thing. I had some involvement early with the Polkadot team across the community. Yeah, it's kind of just a side gig. Which was which was quite interesting. So I got some opportunity there, and yeah, I think there were the two, it's really two two main ones to call out, as well as of course Bitcoin. I mean, I bought Bitcoin back in 2013 and 14. Like I said, we we're talking about Mt. Gox. Mm. Didn't keep it long enough, but I mean, you know, nice. there's still some some remnants yeah. of that. So so it's a key to call that one out as well. And of course, Ethereum is another big one we talk about every day. So yeah, nice. Yeah, what about yourself? Um, I don't want to mention it because it's too degen. What the hell? Um, I was like a launchpad token in DeFi summer in 2018. So, yeah, ludicrous percentage right. return. But give us a like a guideline on what the percentage return was at the time. Uh, it, like, you, did you sell out of it completely, or how, what, I did. how did you end up? I did, but I sold too late, and I never had that much to begin with because right. it was all within risk. But if we're talking about like performance, like percentage gain, that was the highest. I think it would have been like a 30x. Top to bottom, Pretty but much. I think I sold out. It was about maybe a sixteen to eighteen x. Yeah, because those things they just blow off. Yeah, they come back because right. yeah. they're illiquid to begin with. Tav, is crypto a good industry to work in? Oof, it's a bit of a it's yeah. We're getting a bit of a bias. It's a, lo- it's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> double meaning. Double meaning. Hey, it's good. Yeah, like uh, you kind of meet people that you know they're not here because they don't believe in crypto i guess like not everyone's a, a you know an evangelist or anything but it's cool to be around i think like-minded people that you know want to build something that's sort of paving the way for the future no one knows what it's going to look like i think that's i don't think everyone thinks about it the same but that's how i think about it everyone's yeah. kind of like moving in a direction for now but to me the most exciting thing is a good change two three yeah. years down the track for the good or the better but hopefully for the better yeah yeah it's a good, it's a good spot let's white space White space, lots of lots of wide space. A lot, there's yeah. a lot of white space because, yeah, yeah like you said, we don't know where it's going to go. Mm. We don't know everything that's going to happen in any market, I guess. But mm. crypto is so so young that I guess we, me and you, and people listening and and everyone else that works in the industry has an opportunity to shape, yeah, the direction of the industry. You know, people are working on projects across DeFi, NFTs, smart contracts. Like it's there's just so much going on. Even like regulation, there'll be a lot to do with that. So yeah, exactly right. There. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, yeah, exactly right. Like even government jobs will come into crypto regulation, you know, yep. between policy making and like enforcement or whatever else. So like there's a lot of lot of things to play out. I love working in crypto. I never feel like there's a day that I come to work. Oh, even when it's, it's sideways, like it, it's still cool, right? Of course, we were biased, man, because we've yeah. you know, been working on it now. You've been in it for full time for what, three years? Three years coming up. Yeah. I've been about four and a half four or something half. like that. Yep. Four and a half, five kind of yep. thing. So yeah, I, like I said, I, I do love working in the crypto industry. 
Mm. There's a, there's a broad dynamic of people as well. It's yep. you know you don't just meet the same crypto people. Like every event that you go to, you meet a different people with true. a different opinion. And like especially I you know I talk about um, Twitter and Twitter Spaces that I do sometimes. That mm. I'm going to be getting you to jump into. Man, I need to try getting yeah. that. Um, like just the the diversity across the community and the inclusion. It's really an open space. People are always keen to um you know I'm catching up today with one of the guys from Twitter that like for a coffee like, yeah, cool. in real life kind of catch up yeah. and these are kind of things that wouldn't usually happen across like if I'm mm. working in insurance or if I'm working in traditional financial services yeah. it doesn't really happen like that so there's a lot of I think there's a lot of um, I think it's cool because it is it is a job like you said it's a job but it's almost like a movement at the same time so yeah. you're seeing a lot playing out in front of you you can choose to be a part of it it's it's it's, it's cool yeah. yeah no I mean absolutely and, and uh, I mean for people that are looking to work in the crypto industry I mean we obviously love it. Like I said, we have that bias, but you know, it's about getting into the right type of business, you know, or, you know, if you're starting your own business, really identifying key future use cases for the technology, blockchain, digital assets, whatever it is that you're, you're interested in NFTs. Mm. There is a bandwagon approach to a lot of it, which we do see when, when things, when the markets do hype. Yeah. But, a lot of money gets thrown at it. You know, whether whether people like it, some people like it or not, or governments like it or not, or regulators like it or not, crypto is absolutely here to stay long term. Yeah. So, you know, I guess people can make their individual decisions from there. That's good, mate. Yeah. Cool. Very insightful. Well, mate, that was that was great. It's a fair bit happening, but at the same time, not much happening in the markets themselves. But yeah. I think uh, I've got a strong feeling the next time we catch up, there's going to be, be some movement in the market. About. There will yeah. be a lot to talk about. Good or bad, we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll butcher it. Butcher it if we have to. Butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of Crypto Catch Up. As always, follow us on socials across Telegram. You can follow us across Facebook and, of course, at Tapping Into Crypto on Instagram. So we'll catch you the next time. Thanks again, yeah. Pav. Keep, the, keep those questions coming. Happy to answer that. whatever comes through. Um, as long as we might get financial advice just yet but probably shouldn't Um, but yeah (laughs) cheers see you guys thank you so much for joining us for today's show if you liked it don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at tapping into crypto and before we finish up just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.